TLR, how are we feeling tonight? Everybody feeling good? Okay, you guys look good. Um, It is going to be a really, really awesome night, and I am so pumped that you guys are here. If we haven't met before, my name is Matt, and I lead the living room at Buckhead Church. And I'm just going to tell you up front, I love Monday nights. Like, I really do. And, and like, I, I knew I loved Monday nights a month ago, but now that we've had, like, three gatherings under our belt, like, I really love Monday nights. I mean, it's, it's just the best night of the week to me. Um, and so I hope you guys feel the same way. Maybe you're like, bro, it's my first time. I don't, just give me some, ch- you know, give me a chance. All right, I, I will. But I think you're going to love it, too. And I, I'm so excited for tonight. And tonight, I want to start off with a question. And I, I want you to engage with me here. Um, and here's, here's the question. I just want to know, have you ever had... Um, a time in your life, a moment where you've seen something, you've experienced something, maybe on like a trip or a vacation that was so amazing. It was so unbelievable that you were like, I I can't even explain this if I tried. Like you tried showing pictures and videos to people and like explaining it, but it just wasn't working out for you. Like you're like, I I don't know. I can't explain it. It was, it was just that amazing of an experience. Has anyone ever had a a moment like that? Okay, cool. Uh, anyone over here? Yeah. Um, did, okay, where is it? Right there, right there. Where, where was your experience? Yeah. Just shout it out. You don't have to like tell a long story. Yeah, you guys got anything? Okay, you guys, you got something. You got something. Unreal, unreal. Went to Colorado on a 15,000-foot mountain, which is terrifying in itself, but that's amazing. Saw, you said the Atlantic Divide. That's, that's incredible. That is unreal. I, I've been to Colorado. I have not seen that, though, but I've, I've been on some mountains that were not 15,000 feet high, but they were maybe 2,000 feet. Um, anyone over here, how, you have an experience, moment like that? None of you guys, man, sorry. Uh, what about anyone in here? Anyone in here? Right here, right here. Where'd you go? South Carolina for the solar eclipse. I'm glad you said that because my wife's from South Carolina. So before you said the solar eclipse, she's going to be like, that's right, best state in the, in the country. But the solar eclipse was amazing. Anyone, by the way, you were in Atlanta for the solar eclipse and you're like, what was that? Like, you know, like, I'm sorry. Like, did we close our eyes for two seconds? Like, that was not anything. One more person, anyone in the back here? I'm just going to stay away from this side because you guys don't have any. Right there. Yeah, yeah, you got something. Amazing, amazing. Love it. Okay, you said Crystal River in, in Florida? Okay, cool, awesome. Um, and write that down. That's going to be our next vacation spot. But anyways, that's my wife, by the way. Um, so for me, this happened uh, a couple summers ago, and I, and I got the opportunity to go on a trip with my wife and her family. We got invited on this trip to the Grand Canyon, and so I was excited about it. Like, I've obviously heard about the Grand Canyon, seen pictures. I'd never been there before, uh, but this wasn't like your normal Grand Canyon trip, and here's, here's what I mean by this. We were literally going to live in the midst of the Grand Canyon for a week. And you're like, what are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. Um, You had to be on a waiting list for like two years to get on this trip. Okay. And so we were on the waiting list. We finally got to go and we were going to raft through the Colorado river that goes through the Grand Canyon. So like every day we're rafting through it. And then like we would randomly just find a spot or like a beach. Yes. There's, there's beaches on the side of the Grand Canyon. Who knew? Like we'd just find a beach and we'd pitch our tent for the night and uh, you know, fight off the bugs. Um, Side note, I'm not really an outdoors person. Like I'm camping and I just don't have a really good relationship 
trip. I don't know if any of you can relate. Um, like the closest I get to camping is like a Holiday Inn, and that's that's true. Um, but 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 this is cool. You know, we're in the Grand Canyon. I'm like, if you're gonna camp, you know, the Grand Canyon's not the worst place to camp, right? And so we're going through it, and it's amazing. And these guys are like making us food every night. Like this, it really wasn't camping. Like they're cooking us like steak at night. Like it was incredible. And so it was an unreal experience. Like the first couple days that I was there, I can remember just looking around and I'm like, that color does not exist. I've never seen that color before. And I'm like looking everywhere I look, I'm like, oh, that's, that's funny. That what I'm looking at right now, this looks like it could be the cover photo on a National Geographic, you know, like, and then I look around, I'm like, yeah, this is so amazing. Like it was incredible. I'm taking photos, but photos don't even do it justice. In fact, we went to this one spot called Havasu Falls. Anybody been there before? No one. Okay, cool. So we went to Havasu Falls and we're there and like there's this amazing waterfall and the water literally is like a neon blue. In fact, I have a picture to kind of show you um, what I'm talking about. There's the picture. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we went. And so like it was unbelievable. I mean, literally I'm like, can we swim in that? Like what in the world? And, and that waterfall is, is obviously gorgeous. What's amazing is that they had constructed a water slide that goes through there under, I'm kidding, they didn't do that. Um, but that would have been next level. But, 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 but I'm not totally lying. You're like, the pastor just lied. But I'm not totally lying because they did have like a natural water slide that like when you started at the top, like the current was so strong, it would push you down and like wrap you around these rocks. It was kind of terrifying for the first two hours. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then literally every single person in our crew did it, including Ann's 80 year old grandma. So I was like, okay, I'll fall into peer pressure. Like I'll do it. And so I did it and it was amazing. But anyways, like we're seeing things like this. And I'm getting back from the trip, and I mean, I'm trying to explain it to people. I'm trying to show them pictures, and they're like, yeah, that's cool. And I'm like, no, it's not just cool. Like, it's unreal. Why aren't you passionate about this, you know? And I'm trying to explain it to them, but I realized that I could show photos all day. I could tell you guys story after story. I could show you some videos, these amazing rapids, all these things. But eventually, I would just get to a point, like I do with everybody else that I'm talking to about this trip, where I just have to tell them, you know what? You just need to experience it. Like, like, I could tell you all about it. I could ex- try to explain it to you as vividly as possible, but you just need to experience it. Like, if you ever get the opportunity to go on this trip or just to go see the Grand Canyon, you just need to go do it. You need to experience it. And it's because this right here is true, isn't it? Some things in life are just better experienced than they are explained. But some things are better experienced then they are explained. And you know this to be true. Like maybe you've gone to a really good restaurant before and like you go to the restaurant and the food's amazing. The presentation of the food is even better. Everyone on your Instagram got to see that. And uh, you love it. The service is amazing. And like the atmosphere, the vibe is just right. You're like, holy cow. And what do you do? You go tell people. You're like, hey, you've got to go. You got to go to this restaurant. I'm telling you, you got to check it out. And you're like, in fact, tomorrow night, like I'll bring you. You just got to pay for my meal. You know, like, like you just want them to experience it. Or you go see a really good movie. What do you do? Some of you are like, I go tell my friend the whole movie so they don't need to go see it. And your friend hates you for that. Just stop doing that, please. Uh, But maybe you're like, no, no, no. What I do is I go tell people like some parts, but I leave off the best parts. And I'm like, you gotta go see it. Like I love seeing a good movie because instantly like I call everyone on my phone list. I'm like, hey, you gotta go see this. You gotta go see this. And you know, like that's what you do when you experience something that's amazing. You want others to experience it. And some things are just better experienced than they are explained. For me, a few years ago, I, I, this is perfect example. I brought my wife to a concert, and it wasn't just any concert. It was the Beyonce concert, okay? <laughs> Hello, yeah. And um, my wife, let me just tell you, I love her, man, but 
she is mildly to severely obsessed with Beyonce, and I think it's a little bit closer to severely. Like, she loves Queen Bee, you know? Like, I, I know she loves me, but she, she really loves Queen Bee. And so we're there, and of course, if you're gonna see Beyonce, like, you gotta go all out. So I, I bought us, like, floor seats, okay? And um, the concert, the concert, mind you, thank you, yeah. Dudes are like, come on, my man, you know? <laughs> Um, so the concert is in St. Louis, which it gets chilly in St. Louis. Um, it's the middle of December, um, maybe even early January. I'm not sure. So it's about 28 degrees and the doors don't open till an hour before. And we're on the floor, which is first come first serve. So we waited in 20 degree weather for seven and a half hours. And we ended up standing about seven feet from Beyonce from here to the front row. This was Beyonce. And I get in there and it's me and this other guy, like on a double date with, with our two wives. And like, we're in there and we're both feeling really out of place. Like, cause we're like two of the only, you know, males in, in our region. And we're there and we're standing and like, all the other girls, like, I'm like, yo, call, like, call 911, because they're all about to have heart attacks right now. Like, this is not good. Like, they are panicking. They're freaking out. And it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm like, chill, you know, like, the concert hasn't started. But I'm not going to lie to you. When Queen B, when she rose up and, like, she levitated from the ground, y'all, like, there was no hole in the stage. She just came up out of the ground. And when she rose, I... I can't prove this to you, but she was like staring me down and I got scared, like low key was nervous. And I'm like, oh my God, we need, like, this isn't good. You know, she's staring me down with her fierce look. And Anne's like, yeah, she is fierce. And the next thing I know, she starts singing this song, like who runs the world? And I'm like, girls, who runs the world? Girls, like, and then the rest of the night, it was over. I mean, I'm like, oh, sing away. You know, I'm like getting it. The end of the night, I'm like, Anne, that was amazing. She's like, chill, chill, okay. And I'm just being real with you guys. Come on, this is, this is a home, right? Um, so here's the deal. I could tell you all about this concert. In fact, the dude next to me recorded the whole concert with 20 minutes left, his phone died, and he said, whoop, whipped out another phone and started... <laughs> Come on, bro. Like, he watched the whole concert through a two-by-two two screen. But anyway, so I could tell you all about it. I could get my bro to send you the footage. Um, but here's the deal. At the end of the day, like, you just got to go experience it. I, I don't know when Beyonce, I, I, I'm going to quit calling her Queen Bee now. I don't know when Beyonce is coming to, to the ATL next, but like the living room, we need to go. Like we need to go, you know? Uh, some of you are like, preach. Yeah. Um, because we know this is true, that some things are just better experienced than they are explained. And for the past couple weeks, we've been in this series here at the living room called Home. And in week one at the kickoff, we talked about how home is a place, it's more than a place, it's somewhere where you can come just as you are. Like everyone is welcome. Home is a place where a logical, relentless, extravagant love lives. And we talked about that in the first week. And then last week, Reed Moore was here and he did an incredible job. And Reed Moore talked about how home is where family is. And because we're a family, which first off, you need to know that we don't just think this is a place, this is just a gathering. No, we think it's more than that. We think that this is a family. And, and, and even if this is your first time here tonight, you're now a part of the living room family. So I'm sorry, um, you're a part of the family, whether you like it or not. And because of that, we have some, some family rules. Reed talked about this last week. We, we respect each other. We fight for each other. We encourage one another. And I love that Reed talked about how Jesus wasn't just trying to gather crowds. He was growing a family. Jesus was not just gathering crowds, but he was growing a family. He was building a family. And tonight in part three of this series, Home, 
I wanna take the remaining moments that we have to, to talk to you guys about your friends, your, your, your people that you have in your sphere of influence, your classmates, your teammates, your roommates, the people that you know that maybe right now, they don't have the same hope that you have. Maybe people right now that, that you can see it clearly that they're going down a path that, that does not lead somewhere good. Like they're going down a path that is gonna lead them to make some bad decisions and to have some regret in their life. And maybe people that feel like they don't have a lot of peace right now in their life. Like they just seem really anxious and worried about everything. And I wanna talk about how we can play a huge impact in their stories. And specifically, how we can invite them to be a part of this family here at the living room. That's what I wanna talk about tonight. And in order to do that, I wanna look at an amazing progression of events that's found in the Gospel of John and the Bible, John chapter one. But before we dive in there, I wanna get us a little bit of context. There's this guy named John the Baptist. He didn't write the Gospel of John. Uh, that was a different John, but John the Baptist was a prominent figure. He had a lot of influence. In fact, he had a lot of followers. And John the Baptist would go all around telling people, the Messiah is coming. Jesus is coming, prepare the way. In fact, John the Baptist was the one that baptized Jesus. Like, like how would you like to have that on your resume? You, you go interview for a job and it's like, yeah, my background's in ministry. And they're like, oh, cool. Tell us about your ministry. And you're like, well, I baptized the son of God. Like, I don't know. Is that good? You know, uh, whatever. That, that's John the Baptist. So this is where we pick it up. Gives us a little bit of context. John chapter one, beginning in verse 35. The next day, John, John the Baptist, was there again with two of the disciples, two of his followers, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. So John the Baptist is with two of his followers, and they're just hanging out. I don't know what they're doing. And he's like, yo, yo, that's him. And they're like, what? And he's like, that's the guy. Like, like, that's the person. That's the one I've been telling you about. That's the Messiah. He's finally here. Like, this is crazy. There he is. And it keeps going. Verse 37, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? So, so pause here, pause just for a second. Like, I'm like, okay, so these two guys here, John, so they're like, oh, swerve, so they start following him, okay? <laughs> do people still say that word? I don't know. Um, so they start following Jesus, right? And then Jesus, after some time, I don't know if it was like a quarter mile, a mile, two miles, who knows? Maybe it was like in a second, it's, it's Jesus, you know? He sees that these two guys are following him, and so he turns around, and he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, yo, Jesus, chill. Like, like, that's a little bit hostile. Like, that seems a little harsh. Like, what do you want? Like, how about a simple, like, hey, how are you guys? Can I help you, you know? But we have to get this. That wasn't the tone that Jesus was, was saying this in. No, what Jesus was saying is he was asking these two guys, what is it that you're seeking? Like, like what is it that you're really searching for right now? Like, what do you really Want. That's the question that he was asking these two guys, and, and this is their response. They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? So, so Jesus like, asked them this question. He's like, hey, what are you searching for? What do you really want? And they respond with, I feel like this is a little bit awkward, a little creepy, stalkerish maybe. They're like, hey, where are you staying? Like, take it or leave it, but just a little tip for you guys. Like if you're walking on campus tomorrow and all of a sudden you, you feel like two people are following you and you turn around, you're like, hey, what do you want? And they're like, hey, what apartment are you staying in? Like run, get, get out of there immediately. You know what I'm saying? Like 
this doesn't seem okay. But, but again, these people, they, they weren't doing that. Like they didn't care what Jesus's address was. They weren't saying, hey, Jesus, where do you stay? No, what they were doing was they were fishing for an invite. They, they wanted to go spend time with Jesus. They had heard about him and they wanted to go have a personal experience for themselves. They wanted a personal experience because sometimes we don't just need a proper explanation but we actually need a personal experience. So they were fishing for an invite. They wanted Jesus to invite them to come spend time with them. And you've been there before, like we've all been there. We've, we've been fishing for an invite, right? Like maybe you're like, I do that all the time. I did that this weekend. Like I was bored and I saw that my friend on her Snapchat, like she was doing something awesome. So I texted her and I'm like, hey, what are you up to tonight? And she's like, oh, I'm going to the game. And we're like, what about you? And then you responded and you're like, oh, nothing. Just sitting in my room, like playing with my dog. So bored, all the lights are out, the power's out. I don't have anything to do tonight. And your friend's like, oh, cool. You wanna come hang? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Yep, I'm there, I'm there, you know? Or like maybe you have a girl that you've been kind of having your eye on for for a while, you're kind of digging her and like you're fishing for, for an open door so you can give an invite, but guys, just, just give the invite by the way. Um, but anyways, um, you're like, hey, you know, what are you doing? There's this, have you seen that new coffee shop right down the street, right around the corner of campus? And like, I've seen it, but I haven't been there, but man, I love to go. And like, I love coffee. I just need someone to go with and I'm willing to buy. In fact, I, I, I have a lot of money. I'll buy like a lot of things, you know? And like, you're just waiting for her to be like, oh, I'm free. And you're like, well, cool. Well, let, let's just meet there then. You know, like that's, you're fishing for an invite. And that's what these guys are doing here. Like they're fishing for an invite to go and spend time to experience Jesus. And we've been talking all about how the family of God is, is beginning to grow. Like we've been talking about how Jesus wasn't just trying to gather crowds, but he was really growing a family. And over these next couple of verses, this is where this really begins. Verse 39, I love Jesus' response. So they say, hey, Jesus, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. So I love this. Jesus says, hey, Come and see. See, Jesus could have been like, where am I staying? You wanna know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tell you all these things I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell you about how I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna tell you about how I'm gonna use you to change the world, how I'm gonna heal people, how I'm gonna bring hope, how I'm gonna bring peace. But no, come and see. Come and see. Jesus invites them to have a personal experience. Come and see. Keep reading, verse 40. Andrew, who was Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed. So remember when John, John the Baptist says, there he is, Andrew was one of the two who had followed Jesus. And the first thing that Andrew did after spending time with Jesus, the first thing he did was to find his brother Simon, who later became known as Peter. He went and found his brother Peter and he told him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew's experience with Jesus compelled him to extend an invitation. And, and isn't that just human nature? Like when you experience something good, you, you immediately wanna invite others to experience it too. Like you're at Chick-fil-A and you didn't know this, but it's free chicken mini day. And immediately like you're texting everybody you know, like you're like, get down to Chick-fil-A. Like you need to come do this. Or you're walking on campus and they're giving out free t-shirts or free food. And you're like, hey, come experience this. Or like you're at, you're at finish line and there's this great shoe deal. And pause, because most of you are like, I don't want anyone to know about that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I messed up there. That's where the metaphor kind of started to break down. But, um, but this is true. It's human nature when you experience something good. You wanna invite other people to, to come experience it too. And this is what Andrew did with his brother, Peter. 
He didn't go up to Peter and start explaining to Peter all the things that Jesus had told them and all the things that they learned from Jesus. No, he didn't give him an explanation. He just said, hey, Peter, you gotta come and see. You gotta come experience this for yourself. And keep reading. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, just like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. So, so Jesus moves on, he finds Philip. He's like, Philip, come follow me, keep going. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip does the same thing that Andrew did. He goes and immediately finds his good friend, Nathanael. And again, he doesn't give him an explanation. He just says, Nathanael, you have to come and see. You have to come experience this. I've found the one that we've learned about, the one we've been talking about, the one we've been hearing about for so, so long. You have to come and experience what I've experienced. And Nathanael's response wasn't exactly like the others. It wasn't like Peter's. His response was a little bit less enthusiastic. He had some skepticism. He, he had some doubt. This is what Nathaniel says in response to, to Philip's invite. He says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. He's like, Nazareth, you mean that small town that like doesn't have a, a good reputation at all? That place like, like Nazareth, can, can anything in the world good come from there? And here's where it gets kind of real. Maybe, maybe you've been there. Maybe you're like, you know, Matt, I've tried to invite people before. Maybe even tonight, like you tried to invite someone and maybe immediately like the person that you invited just had some skepticism. They had some doubt and they're like, yeah, what is that again? The living room, is that an apartment complex? No, that's not an apartment complex. People have said that by the way. Um, oh, that's the thing at Buckhead Church. Okay, yeah, yeah, I don't do church. Like, cause I'm gonna be judged there. And like, like, you know, I won't be welcome there. You, you got to look a certain way to, to go to church. I, I know how that works. Or, or maybe you're like, no, 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 I'm telling you, it's, it's not like that. Like there's free food. Like, and they're like, free food, free food. What, what kind of food? What kind of food? Like McDonald's? Like, like, you know, like that's fine. And I like McDonald's, but like, you know, whatever. Um, and, and you're like, no, no, like, like chicken wings. <laughs> And they're like, no, nobody gives out free wings. Like, I, that's, where, that's where it's breaking down. Like, I, they're, they're scamming you. They're scamming you, you know? Like, they immediately start pushing back. And, and in the moment, if you're like me, because I've been there, like, I get a little defensive. And a lot of times, like, I'll either shut down or I'll try to start explaining to them, no, it's not like that. Or sometimes I'll even, like, start arguing with them. I'll be like, wow, like, you shouldn't go there. Yeah, forget it. You know, like, I'm, like, shut down. And that's my reaction. Like, I'm just being honest. Sometimes that's how I feel in the moment. And maybe you can relate. But that wasn't Philip's response. And I think that we can learn something that is so, so huge from Philip's response. Look at Philip's response to Nathaniel's skepticism. Come and see, said Philip. So Philip's like, Nathaniel, I get it, bro. I get that you have these doubts, that you're skeptical. I get that it doesn't make sense. I've been there. But, but, but I'm just going to tell you, come and see. Come and see, like come and experience it, just come. And here's what I love about this. Nathaniel didn't have everything together. He didn't have all the answers. Nathaniel didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't believe in Jesus. Nathaniel had doubts. He had questions. He was skeptical. But to come and see, you come as you are. To come and see, you just come as you are. 
And you need to know that tonight. Like maybe tonight is your first time at the living room and you need to know that this is a safe place to just come as you are. We really do mean that. Like you belong here before you ever believe or even if you never do. Even if you're like, I've been coming for years and I don't know that I believe what you believe, you still belong. Keep coming. We're so glad you're here. To come and see, you just come as you are. And that's what Nathaniel did. He's like, I don't know if I believe this, but, but I'm gonna accept the invite, Philip, I'll, I'll come. I'll come and see. Check this out, verse 47. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. So I think in this moment, Nathanael's like, yo, how, how do you know that? Like, Jesus, I've never met you before. How do you know anything about me? Like, I, you know, like Google didn't exist. I know you didn't look me up on Wikipedia, Jesus. Like, how do you know me? Like, I think that's what Nathanael's thinking. Verse 48, that's what he was thinking. He said, how do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. So I think now Nathaniel's like, what? It's like, hold on. Oh my goodness. Like Philip was right. This really is the one that he was telling me about. Like this, this really is the Messiah. And look at Nathaniel's response. Verse 49. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So Nathaniel's like, I believe. I believe that you are who you say you are. It's true. Jesus, I believe in you. And verse 50, as we round it out, Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, you'll see greater things than that. So Jesus is like, that's awesome, Nathaniel, that you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, but I'm just telling you, hold up, because you're gonna see greater things than that. Like, just wait, just get ready. You have no idea. I'm gonna do some miracles. Like, I'm gonna turn water into wine. I'm gonna heal people. I'm gonna give the blind sight. I'm gonna raise the dead to life. I'm gonna restore hope. I'm gonna bring peace. I'm gonna give people purpose. He's like, come and see, Nathaniel. Just come and see. See, I think they understood that the goal was not to explain something. The goal was to experience someone. And, and, and TLR, we need, to, we need to realize this. The goal is not, it never has been, to just go and explain things to people and to make really good points and have really good, you know, tweetable lines, if anyone still tweet, tweetable lines to give to people. That's not the goal. The goal isn't just to explain something. No, the goal is for people to come and see and experience someone. And we believe that person is a person named Jesus. That's the goal. It's for people to just come and see and have a personal experience because sometimes people need more than just a proper explanation. They need a personal experience. So as we begin to close tonight, here's, here's my challenge to you. First thing's this. I want you to invest in a relationship. Invest in a relationship. And here's what I mean by this. You guys have roommates, you have friends, you have teammates, people that you're in class with, people that you see on campus at the Chipotle or Starbucks almost every single day. And I don't think it's an accident or a coincidence that you have those people in your life. And I wanna challenge you to invest in a relationship. Would you be willing to invest in a relationship? Would you be willing to build a bridge of trust that can bear the weight of any conversation? Would you be willing to earn the right to be heard with your friends, to, to gain influence, to invest in a relationship. And yes, this is gonna take time. This is gonna take intentionality. It, it might not be super easy, but I'm telling you it's worth it. 
So the first thing is, would you be willing to invest in a relationship? Number two, would you be willing to invite them to the living room? Here's the deal. Invites are powerful. Invitations can change lives. Just to prove it to you by a show of hands, how many of you at some point through some form of an invitation came to the living room? Look around, look around. Almost every single person in the room came because of some form of an invitation. Invites are powerful. I have a close friend of mine, and a few years ago, as, as he was beginning college, he was struggling. He was going through a really tough time in life, like making some really, really poor decisions, some decisions that could have put him in a really, really bad place. And he was at a Chick-fil-A one day, and this random guy who he doesn't even know, he would tell you this story if he was here tonight. This random guy comes up to him and is like, hey, man, uh, what's your name? And he's like, hey, and they just started talking. I don't know what they were having conversation about, but eventually it got to the point, and the guy just goes, hey, do you want to come with me, like, to, to this thing at my church? And the kid was like, yeah, I don't know about that. And the guy was like, well, just why not, you know? And he's like, well, I guess, I guess you're, you're right. And he's like, I'll, I'll just go. And, and he would tell you that one of the reasons he went was just because he was like, there's free donuts, whatever, I'll go, you know? Um, so he goes. And it didn't happen overnight. In fact, it took a couple of years, but eventually it got to the point where his life was changed. And he would tell you that he does not know where he would be right now in life if it wasn't for that invitation. So come on, who needs you to be bold enough or brave enough or courageous enough to extend an invitation? Who in your life is waiting for you to extend an invitation? They don't know that they're waiting for you, but you have no idea what hangs in the balance of your willingness to invite. You have no idea what's at stake. See, this is the reason that we spend so much time, our team literally spends hours upon hours every single week thinking about Monday nights, thinking about how we can make this environment, this experience the best that it can possibly be. We think about the music, we think about what we're gonna talk about, we think about what we're gonna have for dinner, we think about how the lobby is gonna feel, we think about what we're putting out on social media, and we do that to make it easy for you to invite your people. Because home is where your people love your people. Like this is a place where we don't have to know your people, but when your people come in, we just love your people because this is home. It's, it's a place where if you look around, like there's all different backgrounds in the room tonight. People that have all different experiences with all different majors, all different circumstances and situations going on. But yet none of that matters. We come together as a family here at the living room. So would you be willing to invite some people within your sphere of influence to the living room? The third and final thing is this. Would you be willing to share your story? Share your story. Because you know what people can argue with? People can argue with an explanation. Like they can argue with, with Bible verses or quotes, but people can't argue with your story. They can't argue with your personal experience. And would you be willing to share it? Even if your story is, hey man, I've been coming to the living room for two weeks and I don't know if I believe anything they're saying, but man, I like going there. Whew, that's a powerful story. I would love for you to share that story with somebody this week. 
Maybe the biggest thing you could do is, is you could practice, you could get a couple friends together and be like, hey, help me, help me figure out how I can share my story in two to four minutes. So that when I'm walking to class, when we're sitting on the shuttle on campus, I can just really quickly be like, hey, can I tell you my story as it comes up in conversation? It doesn't have to be a weird thing, but you can be like, hey, let, let me share you my experience. Let me share with you what's going on in my life right now. Would you be willing to invest in a relationship, to invite them to the living room and to share your story? The reason that we're so passionate about this is because we do not want the living room, a place that's designed to be a home away from home. We do not want this to be a home where we only care about the people who are here. No, we want this to be a home that is always intensely focused on the people that aren't here yet. We wanna be focused on the people that are out there. And we wanna say, hey, come and see. We don't have it all together. We're not any better than you, but we have come alive to the one who gives us hope. And we want you to come and see, and we want you to experience that too. That's what this is about. So tonight, as we close, I realize that there's probably a good amount of you in the room that you hear this, and, and maybe at some point you're like, you know, this is all great, but I've never really received the invitation to, to come and see and experience a relationship with Jesus. Like maybe you feel a little bit like, like Nathaniel, and like you've had moments in life or maybe you haven't had any moments in life, but you're like, you know, I, I've never just accepted the invitation of Jesus to, to, to come and see and to experience, to step into a relationship with him. And, and I don't know what the reason is for that. Only you know that. And, and I don't know what you're going through tonight. Maybe right now your family's falling apart. Like maybe literally as you walked in, you just got a call that, Mom and dad are going through some tough things right now. Maybe you just got bad news of a health report for somebody in your family. Maybe things are going great right now. But here's what I know. Jesus doesn't force himself on anybody, but he never quits knocking on your heart. In fact, Revelation chapter three, verse 20 says this. Here I am. These are the words of Jesus. I stand at the door and knock. And tonight, maybe at some point you're like, I feel like, like something, like something was happening. And I would just propose to you that maybe that's the voice of Jesus like knocking on the door of your heart. And maybe tonight, you just need to let him in. Like just a little bit, you just need to crack the door and you need to say, Jesus, I want that. I wanna come and see. Like if, I wanna experience what you have for me. I, I want that. Like, I, I want to, to, to know the God that we're singing about, the one that has so much power, the one that makes the darkness tremble, the one that silences fear. I, I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know you. So, so would, you, would you bow your heads with me in this moment with every head bowed, every eye closed in the room? If that's you tonight, and, and you know that Jesus is knocking on your heart, and for the first time in your life, you wanna just open the door, maybe just a little bit, and you wanna receive Jesus, and you wanna accept the invitation to come and see and to experience a relationship with him. With every head bowed, every eye closed for privacy's sake, would you just shoot your hand in the air right now if that's you? Yeah, hands going up all over the room, this is amazing. And I'm just gonna pray with us, pray for us, 
And if you have your hand raised, I just want you to echo this prayer in your heart tonight. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for what you're doing right now. God, right now, every hand that's raised represents a heart that's surrendering to you, represents a life that is saying, Jesus, I wanna come and see, I wanna experience what you have for me. And Lord, there is nothing greater to celebrate than that. So God, for that, we say thank you. Thank you for the fact that you never quit knocking on the doors of our hearts. And God, tonight, I just wanna pray for the person in the room that, that, that is going through a tough time. And I wanna pray tonight that they can look to you, they can, they can move their eyes off of their situation and fix them on the Savior. Because Jesus, there's power in your name. God, we thank you for every single th- person in this room. I thank you for the work that you're doing. We thank you for this community called the living room. And we thank you in advance for all you're gonna do. It's in your mighty, mighty, matchless name we pray. Amen.